Hello and welcome to the session, a basketball podcast. I'm your host, Omar, and I'm joined by Ben. How's it going? Ben, I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Good. There's definitely a lot going through my head right now. Talk to me. What's on your mind? I mean, we've had so many conversations pre this podcast, like literally a few minutes before. So I'd be lying if I said these were completely original and like this wasn't planned. There's definitely not a whiteboard here that no, has no, all, no. Of our, all of our thoughts and oh, ideas Oh, absolutely on it. not. So anyways, first thing on the whiteboard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I, uh, um, I know you love The weekend, And uh, The weekend had actually dropped a new track. Um, it hasn't been that long since his last drop, maybe like a couple of weeks. It's called After Hours. Yep. And uh, with that, the tour the tour dates had also dropped. Yep. Um, which sucks because around like Toronto, it's like late March, early April, which freaking terrible because that's the worst time for me. But uh, what are your thoughts on the song, first of all, After Hours? I love it. I'm really, really, really feeling this new weekend vibe, this techno, this like out there Miami Miami Vice City beats and stuff the like Vegas, that. Yeah, yeah the, the Vegas, Vegas yeah, the Vegas yeah. night lights and things like that. I'm really feeling this and I think this is going to be a really good album. I'm loving the vibe, I'm loving the look. The tour is going to be great. I'm not going to go because I'm broke, but it's it's going to be great, you know. <laughs> you know what? I was before when we talked about the weekend, I remember I was actually kind of against songs like I think it was uh blinding lights i think that yeah. was a song where i was just i like, think i think you didn't uh agree with me when i said i really yeah like i one. just thought it sounded very first choicey like uh like you know haircuts for 1999 in the summer before high school shout out to first choice though. shout out to first choice um i just thought that it sounded like that like you hear it in the background you don't really care for it but i think the more that i got into i've been on this weekend binge this like in this past month i've been going back to trilogy and obviously going into his newer stuff as well and i take back what i said honestly this new sound is so cool yeah and that beat switch in after hours Mm -hmm. like in the midpoint where it goes completely you know like it's building up and you can tell that it's building up man you just end up going 10 kilometers faster than you were going you can't help it if you're listening to while driving it's just i'm sorry i have to do definitely not on the treadmill (laughs) i'm not gonna be going faster on the treadmill no no no, only when driving only when driving like maybe we'll could you imagine going 10 kilometers faster on the treadmill (laughs) on the beat drop best workout track ever someone's like someone's running and then they just need to crank it like all the way past 10 kilometers faster i'm sorry the beat dropped and they're like sprinting for their life i also wonder you know now that now that we're kind of on the topic like i would i really wonder how his live shows are Mm-hmm. Because from what I've been told, the weekend is just a na- he's a he's a genuine talent. Yeah, like there isn't any you know obviously there's auto tune and editing and all that done, but for the most part, like his talent is his talent. Like he's a naturally gifted singer, so like his concerts, I would love to go. Well, I mean, if you're paying, I'm I'm down to go. So the thing is, I wouldn't want to go with another male friend. Is what I'm trying to get at right now. I also wouldn't go by myself. So do you kind of see where, like, put two and two together? I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't see what the issue is. I'm not going to go with you, Omar. You have the long hair, but I'm not going with you. <laughs> that's, not how this, that's not how this thing works. <laughs> oh, whatever. I'll you enjoy, know what, though? I'll enjoy the weekend in my car. We can celebrate a thousand downloads, which we hopefully... Can. We can celebrate? I hate you so much, but that was good. <laughs> we can. Well, why do we need to celebrate a thousand downloads? Talk to me. What's well, important? I think the whole thing about... 
like achieving a thousand downloads and i'm sure with a lot of other people you know a lot of other podcasters oh this might not be a big deal but we don't compare ourselves to other people we kind of focus on our own uh, our own road we know that it's paved we know where to go and i think that uh when you had brought up the statistics last time in our previous episode um i remember being so like astonished by the fact that a thousand people have downloaded our content that we're producing yep and I think these milestones are some things that should be celebrated. I remember feeling that way for a thousand uh, downloads for a hundred Instagram followers um, at the session ball. <laughs> and also for our first random follower that we just don't know. Things like that are things you should celebrate because it's important to pat yourself on the back sometimes and understand, okay, this is how far I've come. You can still see how far you've got to go, but it's really important to understand how far you've come and give yourself that pat on the back. I think it's super important. I I agree 100%. It's it's really like it floored me to think about like you said that number it gets so high and we're 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 almost there and with this episode if you're listening to it we're likely I've already made it to 1000 downloads, which is so crazy to think about. And just the support that we've gotten from everyone, the feedback that we've gotten. I mean, it's it's great. People are engaging with us. People, like we see people and they talk to us about inside jokes that they heard on the podcast, which is crazy. Yeah. Shout out to Ace. Shout out to Ace. Shout out to Ace. And like it's it's crazy to think about that the we have become a part of people's routine and a part of people's schedule. And that's you put a lot of trust in us and we're gonna do whatever we can to make sure, you know, we we live up to that standard that we've set, but important, like we couldn't have gotten here without your support. So we want to know what you like. We want to know what you want out of this. So why don't we, why don't we do a mailbag or something like that? How about that for the, for the next episode, the next week's episode? Why don't we do like a, we, we reach out to, to everyone for, for questions and you know what? Submit your questions on Instagram. We'll put up like a an, uh, an inbox or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or or you know what? Best leave us a review. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It literally takes a few seconds. I know you're listening. Just scroll, tap five stars on, on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on that. And then just drop a review. Let us know what we're doing right, what you like, what you dislike. And I think that on that topic as well, it's very important. Um, and we've had this conversation before we're we're at the point now where we understand that we're doing this for ourselves more than anything. Yeah. There were so many times where we had a conversation like the Mama for Life episode when we had like an hour-long discussion after that just talking about what we already discussed in the podcast. Yeah. Because more than anything, again, the whole essence of this podcast is just a conversation between two buddies. Yeah. That's what it is. We're in a basement. 100%. We're having a good time. We just talk. And it's important to know that we have our vision and we're going to steer towards that vision. We talk about the things that we enjoy talking about because I think that's what people look for is our genuine um, appreciation or our genuine like attention towards things that we find interesting. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Going back, I know I'm jumping a little bit, but going back to Ace, it's also crazy just talking about this podcast a little bit more with this, you know, with a thousand downloads that, you know, it's also insane to me that there are people who have said things like your podcast inspired us. Yeah. And I think that's, that's not something you really ever prepare to hear. You know what I mean? You wouldn't expect, you know, you can expect things like, Oh, that's a great episode. Or maybe you can work on this episode, blah, blah, blah. But you don't expect people to say things like you inspired me to do something. 
And I think that is the greatest, the, the, the biggest thing that I can ever, or the greatest thing that I can ever hear from somebody. So in your uh, graduation party, um, Ace had actually, you know, we were just talking about the podcast in general and all of that. Then he kind of takes me to the side and he's like, man, like you, like, I really want to start a YouTube gaming channel. I'm like, okay, that's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. We started talking about it more and more. And he's like, yeah, like seeing how you and Omar started this podcast and you guys just did something. It's an, it's an outlet. It's yeah. a creative outlet for you guys to put your energy towards. You put out the quality that you, you know, that you deem is high enough. And then you set it out. That was super cool and inspiring to me. Yeah. So I remember telling Ace that that week I would remind him to continue with this passion of his or this outlet of his. I know he's listening. So Ace, I want you to continue or That's I want you reminder, to start. Yeah. This is a reminder for you right now. Everybody needs an outlet of some sort. Yeah. Uh, whether it's through cooking, whether it's through uh, producing beats or whether it's through doing a podcast, find what you want to, but do that. So Ace, this is your formal reminder. Huge shout out to you, especially because you always listen to us. If you haven't started, get started. And if you have started, continue. I go. think I think that's that's what I would say for, for that. It's it's crazy how sometimes we can have an effect on on people through this podcast and we don't even realize it because in a way it sometimes it feels one-sided right where you and i record we're just talking again a conversation between you and us but we put it out there and then we don't hear that feedback right away from from people it's only when we see them in person or something like that and they let us know like hey man that was a great episode or you know what here's what that inspired me or something like that and that's crazy to to think about that and we're really honored to be in that position to have uh, again, you know, be part of your schedule, be part of your lives. That's that's great. Like the fact that you'd include us and let us in and, and we're happy to always bring you into these conversations as well kind of thing. Another shout out to Wasi as well. Yeah. Uh, he's actually going to be or from what I remember, he's working on writing a book. Yeah. Writing a novel. Um, I remember when we had our steak and cheese tonight, we were talking about it and uh, his idea is dope. Yeah. I liked it. Um, the only thing I didn't like about the way he described it was just like, okay, this might sound stupid, but it, it never is. Yeah. Actually, oh. with Wasi, you got to be careful. Yeah, Sometimes it will you know, be. half the time it is stupid, but... More than but half the, the time. More than half the time. But you know, those other times, like, nah, seriously, like, everyone should own, completely own and embody what they're doing. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be, like, that's something that, with this podcast, you and I, when we were initially talking about it like a lot of people did say there's so many podcasts out there like you know it's how are you even gonna like you know create a name for yourself create a market for yourself or something like that and we just did it we did it for ourselves we said this is gonna be fun we're gonna we put up we we have a handshake that we do after every podcast episode (laughs) that we record we laugh listening to our own jokes (laughs) you and i have sat and played at podcast episodes and we're laughing at our jokes because we're so funny and and maybe that's a bit narcissistic but oh it absolutely is it is but but you know we own our we own our craft and 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 wasi you should be doing the same thing you know if someone has a creative outlet whilst he's writing a book don't be don't talk down when you're trying to describe it like oh it's something dumb it's something stupid like own it laugh at your own jokes we do it all the time yeah and uh we know that you know it's usually just us laughing and uh (laughs) (laughs) but but regardless i think the main the main um point being is if you have an outlet that you're somewhat interested in and you think you know it might be cool 
nine times out of 10, you're going to love doing it. So just do it. And I think that kind of leads me to what I want to pursue next. We were talking about this off the pod a little bit, but uh, production, um, producing beats and really getting into that is something that I want to get started on. Yeah. Um, I downloaded Fruity Loops um, just to get started. It's it's just a trial, but I just want to get a little bit more comfortable with the snares and the kicks and all that. But sometimes in my head, I think of these like sounds and like how it's, how it would all come together and just being able to put that like digitally and like again it's your craft whatever if you want to add a snare or if you want to add a uh, like a clap that's yours to add and you can personalize it exactly how you do it um a bunch of rappers start with rapping and then they slowly transition towards producing yeah why because they want to own their craft a real appreciation for it um Rappers like MF Doom, rappers like Eminem. Eminem's a huge uh, part in that, where he starts off uh, as a lyricist, then slowly transitions into uh, producing beats as well. And I think he has a really good twist in it. So after a long career as a lyricist, you're ready to move into to beat production now, right? I can do both. Oh, there you go. You know what I'm saying? I'm, like, and, and you know what I'm saying? I like, am incredibly excited about that. There's, I've, I remember when you and I used to be really into just like freestyling and ciphering and that used to be a big part of our lives growing up. Man, just really quickly and sorry to cut you off, but grade eight, you know, we'd go to pizza pizza, a medium pizza for the both of us. We'd go on Facebook, (laughs) pretend like I was you and you were me. We'd message random people. We'd play Call of Duty. But around the evening time, when it was about time to go and your parents would come pick you up, before that, at least 20 to 30 minutes, we just turn on an instrumental and just spit. And yeah. those are one of my, my my fondest memories just as just as a kid. You know what I mean? We just go on YouTube. We search best rap beat 2010. 2010. Because it was 2010 at the time. We still do that in 2020. Yeah, it's 2020 and we still go on, <laughs> go on YouTube. When someone says, you know, drop a beat, we go best rap beat 2010. 2010. Or hardest, most aggressive, <laughs> most, underground. <laughs> most aggressive was the funniest Google search to be violent rap beat because <laughs> the name's first degree murder rap beat <laughs> i want to i want to hear the most vile <laughs> oh my god so yeah we, we used to rap all the time so you getting back into that you know connecting to your roots in, in in essence i mean you grew up on music you grew up with music is such a big part of your life i think that's great that you're getting back into it and i'm excited to hear where that goes i have a huge passion for it uh i have a huge passion for hip-hop i mean like I was like 12 years old listening to like 80s hip hop. You know what I mean? You'd be that guy commenting on on YouTube videos like (laughs) modern rap saying like I'm 12 and I listen to Tupac. (laughs) You were commenting that when you were 8, when you were 10, when you were 12 and now when you're like 24. Um, Yeah. I'm 23 still messaging, hey, I'm 12 years old and I love Tupac. Tupac. I love Tupac Shaker. Give me my likes. Um, oh. I remember Ace actually. I think he posted something. It was on a YouTube video, like a like a rock him or maybe an Easy E one. He's like, "I'm eight months old and I, <laughs> I love I love listening to some you know like real G's with my baby or something like that." Yeah. It was so funny. I think I think once he commented something like, "I'm a fetus and I <laughs> love listening. <laughs> I love listening to old school rap." <laughs> Man, you know it's. It's crazy, but I guess on that topic of inspiration, now kind of bringing this towards you. Yeah. Um, are there people or like a person that you have in mind that inspires you? Um, not necessarily for like, I don't know, 
like for this podcast or any other podcast, but just a, just generally in just a, another person who inspires you to do better things. Interesting. Do you uh, do you have someone ready to go? I I want to think on this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Bit. Okay, okay. Thanks for the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the person that inspires me the most is actually this is gonna sound so cliche, but it's actually my dad. This man stole my answer. No, uh, your dad. My you're, dad. I mean, he disowned me, but even to this to this day, <laughs> to this day, yo, come on, man. you don't need to bring up Wilder again. To this day, <laughs> um, he actually is the person that inspires me the most. And I remember thinking this not too long ago, because before it'd be like, oh, I would be inspired by the notorious B.I.G. because he's from bed and bed is a really cool place, and I like bed <laughs> That's what it was before, but when I got older and it became more mature and I realized, like, the sacrifices that he had made, I mean, just a quick bit about him, he, you know, like, he was out of Bangladesh in 18, at 18, had, like, $2,000 in a briefcase or something like that. And he came to Montreal, couldn't speak the language, still can't to this day. <laughs> to and this day. To this day. And um, he started off as a dishwasher in Montreal, just like learning the way things work. You know, like his background is so crazy, like what he and his buddies did, how they, you know, like lived life back then. You know, the more and more I have a conversation with my dad, I learn so much more about him and what he did. Yeah. And he, you know, because I've gotten older, he gets more comfortable telling me some of the other things that he's done. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and it's so funny and it's so cool to listen to. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, you did that. I did that just last week. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's really interesting to hear from his perspective how it was like the 80s, you know, like, list, you know, talking to him about the 90s, just going like decade by decade, really, and how his life has transformed. So you have this kid from Bangladesh who's like a troublemaker, starting off as a dishwasher in Montreal, understanding that the Montreal life isn't for him because it's Canada's <laughs> Las Vegas, yeah. moves to Toronto, builds a family, starts grinding there, working two, you know, working two jobs, all for the sake of providing for his family. And now to the point where he's a, he's a franchisee. And I think starting from literally the bottom to where he's at now and being able to provide for us and, you know, like we don't have to worry about living uh, arrangements or like bills or anything like that. I'm so blessed and lucky to have a, like a figure like that. He is definitely the most inspirational person to me because he's someone who clearly saw things for what they were. He knew that things would be hard and it'd be a grind, but he went through it and ultimately we're all, you know, like we're all celebrating it now. Mm -hmm. So by far, like when that question came up easily, it was like, there's nobody else. It'd be, it'd definitely be my dad. Yeah, I'd, I'd say my dad as well. Now that I think about it. Also, I'd feel bad if I said anyone else. After, <laughs> after, after speech. Now nah, I'm playing. I, it, it'd definitely be my dad as well. Because, I mean, similar story. Like, you come here. They, he came here with nothing. And, and everything that, that we have now is because of, like, you know, the hard work that he and my mom put in to, to provide for us, right? Like, it, it's crazy. There's so much about my dad's life that I don't know. That now, as I'm getting older, I'm spending more time with him. And I'm trying to learn about. Because... If I don't, I may never get the chance, right? Yeah. And, and the, all those stories and all those lessons would be lost forever. And you know, when you're young, you don't really care about that stuff. You're, you're just like, I don't want to talk to my dad. He's my dad. No, my right? dad. Yeah. Like you don't understand. My old me. man. You don't understand me. And like now, now as you, <laughs> you get older, me. as you get older, it's like no, he's really lived through a lot of the same struggles. Like he's been burned like a lot of ways. He's gone through a lot of like I remember. Like, he was telling me, like, this first night that he came here, like, he was, like, sleeping on the floor of, like, this one-bedroom apartment with, like, 
five or six people and he, his pillow was a phone book, right? Yeah. And it's like stories like that, like walking in the snow to save without snowshoes and stuff like that to save bus fare because you can use that for lunch the next day at school and things like that, right? So it's like crazy stories like that stuff that i've never had to live through it's like yeah. i've been annoyed when it's like oh, i gotta take the bus to get home from high school like my dad can't pick me up like, i was just thinking about uh you sharing morose in university when you when you said the whole thing about the phone book how he slept on it yeah. i'm thinking his piece of shit son is a person who stacks up phone books and puts them on other in the front door of other people's residences just for the sake of being annoying. <laughs> Meanwhile, his father, this inspirational hero, is sleeping on them. You like we are so different. My dad slept, uh, used a phone book as a pillow, and I went around my residence campus in first year, my roommates and I, and we took like 180 phone books from around there. And then every night we'd leave one of, we took them all into our room. And every night we'd leave one at the door of this one person who we didn't like on our floor. So every day he'd open it and he'd see a phone book. Literally there. the most serial killer thing I've ever heard and then of. And then it was the end of the term and we're moving out. So we took like the remaining hundred or whatever and we just stacked them all up in front of his door. <laughs> so like, and knocked his door. And next time he opened, he just saw phone books all the way. <laughs> and he's like, and then he left a sign on his door saying, please, I give up. I surrender. I surrender. Oh my God. I think God. Sherry still has that sign somewhere. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Uh, so clearly. Clearly, you know, the apple fell very far from the tree. But. <laughs> but I mean, at the end of the day, this is what they wanted. They didn't want us to live life like they did. They don't want us sleeping on phone, phone yeah. books. I don't think they planned for you to leave phone books in front of other people's <laughs> residences or steal them. I'm sure that wasn't part of the whole, the grand scheme or the grand plan. <laughs> but uh, that's definitely one of them. I remember my brother or my dad telling me this story about... Uh, I'm mistaken for my brother because he's, he's my brother. You know what I mean? Like, he's oh, my homie brother, now. Yeah. My brother. Peace, my brother. So, uh, he was telling me about how he would go on shopping sprees in Montreal. I'm like, oh, word? Like, that's crazy. Like, what kind of things that you did you buy? Like, how did you even get that money? He's like, yo, are you crazy? Salvation Army, baby. <laughs> we go to the Salvation Army, me and the homies. <laughs> we would do a huge shopping spree there, get what we had to, then go out for the night. You know what I'm saying? Like, we would, it would be like literally, you know, like, 10 or 15 people like one person would have a tv and then maybe they'd watch like the like the the blue jays game or like the maple leafs game together on one small color tv with like 15 people yeah and it's like when you hear things like that it's like you have lived through so much and all they want to offer is their experiences yeah they don't they can't get anything from you they don't want to take anything from you they just want to give yeah and uh you know, it's a lot easier saying this on the podcast right now when I have like a clear head. But when I'm pissed, I'm like, man, dad, you're old, man. Get out of yeah. here. So I'm a huge, I'm a huge hypocrite in that. But, you know, it's <laughs> when you when you do get past all of that, they are looking out for you, right? They're looking for the best for yeah, you. Yeah, so. exactly. They have a lot of good stories to tell. So I just want to give them all, give them a chance, both my mom and my dad, to, to get all those stories up. Man, look at us being good sons and stuff. Yeah. And our parents are going to listen to this podcast and be like, boy, you don't do anything for us. <laughs> So recently our washer broke, so yeah. uh, we had to get a new one. And then like as they were installing the new one, my mom like kind of just looks to me to the side. Like I'm just there like on my phone just BSing, you know what I mean? Like sending yeah. Snapchats or whatever I'm doing. And then she looks to me to the side like, yo, you do your own laundry. Why? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm like, huh? 
what you mean? I have like Cheetos in my in my mouth. Like, oh, what you mean? He's like, yo, do your laundry. Like, you should be doing more. But I feel like I take that for granted so much. Yeah. They do so many of the things for and me. You're still not doing your own laundry. Oh no, that's yeah. not gonna happen. Yeah. I uh, I don't foresee that in my future. Yeah. You or just said I. no. You just said no. Yeah, I just said no and went back to my room and added more laundry to the pile. <laughs> it's like, by the way, these two. <laughs> Oh, you know what I mean? So it, it, it's crazy how different things were in our parents' time and how different they are now. And where they're going to go in the future. Where they're going to go in the future. Exactly. It's so I've, I've been watching um, the show on Amazon Prime. It's called The Expanse. It's a set like 200 or so years in the future, I think. And it's it's about like space exploration and, and like. Uh, new technology and all this all this cool like futuristic stuff and i've always been fascinated by all that you know i love the mass effect games right yeah it reminds me a lot of mass effect interesting the, yeah okay. the, the show so um it got me thinking about you know what our world is gonna look like you know even 10 15 years from now how different it'll be maybe 50 years from now 100 years from now it's it's interesting when we were younger um and we'd have like those family friend dinners and stuff like that. We'd be at each other's houses all the time. We would go on this website. It was called futuretimeline.net. And it would like predict what the world is going to look like and over the next hundred thousand, hundreds of thousands, million years and things like that. And like how the universe will end and all this cool stuff. And it was like really interesting to see like the new technologies that will be developed. It's like, oh, by this, by this date, human augmentation will be like commercially available and like all this cool stuff. So it makes me think of like, you know, how different our lives are going to be. And if we're going to be alive to see a lot of the cool stuff, that's the thing that I probably feel most, um, like afraid about there's a saying that our generation was born too late to explore the world but born too early to explore the stars and in oh. the sense that like you know we're kind of ground locked where it's like everything here has already been seen and documented and mapped out and there are no explorers going into space right now so it's like where does that leave us and i think that leaves us with just coming up with cool technology and cool innovations here on earth and things we can do with that. Whenever this topic comes up, I always think to myself, 30 years ago, screw that, maybe like 20 years ago, or in the 2000s, I don't think people would have ever even imagined the things that we have right now, the technology that we have right now. Yeah. So it's always interesting me to, for me to be like, you know, like where these original minds and these original thoughts come from. So I guess on that topic, I wanted to ask you a couple of things. Okay. So number one, I wanted to get your take, just because we're talking about the future and all that, I wanted to get your take on cars that use uh, oil. Yeah. Where, like, I personally don't see that lasting within the next 10 years. I think it's going to be completely eliminated within the next 10 years. Maybe that's a little aggressive, but I just think that, especially with where the environment is, where the environment is at right now, there's going to be even more of a push to get that moving forward even quicker. So I know you'll, you'll probably keep up to date with things like this or you're into cars and all that. What are your thoughts on that? Where do you foresee, where do you see cars going within the next 10 years? Well, they're going wherever we're driving. I hate you so (laughs) much, but you are Um, right. So I think it's going to be, tell me this, is my Honda Civic going to be, 
um, usable within the next 10 years? It'll it'll be usable. It'll be usable for a long time because she. The, the, the reason for that is the infrastructure is going to take a while to change. The technology in the cars, that's changing rapidly. Like that's moving really fast and there's a lot of improvements of within months and years the technology in electric cars now compared to five years ago is so drastically improved but the infrastructure to support these cars that's taking time to develop in that charging stations and stuff like that it's going to take a while to to create stations all over the place right now electric cars are completely viable in big cities and stuff because you can charge them everywhere but i mean if you're going on a road trip it starts you start stretching it kind of thin i mean this is what my what my boss in um uh, calgary was telling me about he's like i can have an electric car and drive around calgary just fine but if i want to go to the mountains i'm cutting it kind of close then and if it's cold weather and i lose battery just randomly like that's cutting it even closer right so yeah it's it's stuff like that where there's right now there's still a big need for and and like and demand for these um gas powered vehicles so that infrastructure of charging stations is going to take time to come and what i think is going to happen is our gas stations right now are slowly going to start converting probably into charging stations you know it makes sense it's like this is where you go to refuel your car we're already seeing a lot of parking lots just taking that up right parking lots but if we're not going to go those gas stations will continue to have gas for a very long time which is why i think your your car will continue to be able to run your, your Honda Civic and, and things well, like that. Well, it's currently at like 160,000 kilometers. Oh, so I don't damn. think it's going to, you know, I don't think it's, it's definitely taken, you know, a bit of a beating, but, uh, you know, maybe, okay. How about this then? Self-driven vehicles, AI. Okay. Do you think that has a place within the next 10 years? Like, even if it's still a gas, like, do you think AI will take you to places you know yeah, what I mean? Like, I, is that something you can foresee happening within the next 10 years? Definitely. There's like some technological challenges that, that still need to be worked out. But I mean, it's so much safer. I think people in like 50 years are going to look back at us and be like, these savages, animals. these animals, Neanderthals. Used to, <laughs> they used to drive themselves. How could they be so stupid? Right. Yeah. And I, I love driving. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love cars. I love driving, but I completely understand like, there are so many bad drivers out there. There's so many pe- mistakes that people can make. As good of a driver as you think you are, and I think I'm a good driver, I'm not better than a computer. I can recognize that. A computer that can like analyze a million different factors within a second or something like that. It's like, I can't do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm just thinking of right now? What? When you said you're a good driver, I was laughing at that. Wait, come on, man. I'm a pretty good driver. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. No, what, what I was laughing at was like uh, Omar and Car Rage. You oh, definitely man. have that rage. So now I'm thinking I, to myself, I road like, rage, bit. I road rage, rage is definitely a thing with you. So, uh, you know, like I'm thinking, like, let's say you're taking like a left on McLaughlin or something. And there's a car that pisses you off. You get out because you've done this before. You would literally get out of the car just to <laughs> snap at somebody. Go up to their window, run towards them just to give them the middle finger. Okay, I wouldn't go that far, but I have gotten <laughs> out of the car before. I want to I want to hear about your worst story. I want to hear about your worst uh, road rage story in just a bit. Okay. But like, imagine you're running towards that car and then you see like a robot just looking towards you. <laughs> like, what, what would you do? Well, I mean, why? Okay, if it's a self-driving car, <laughs> why would they create a robot and then make it sit in the driver's seat? What? That seems so inefficient. What purpose could this robot serve? Nah. It's just it's just a body. It's just what? Well, it's just to turn its head and look at people. 
It's like this robot's only job is when someone comes running at you, you just turn your head. And that's all it can do. It can't get out. It has no legs. It's just, it's a torso. It's a torso. That's that's what you want to make, huh? Self-driving you know car, research? it's driven by a torso. You know how much research will go into that head movement? And how much technology? Bro, it's going to be the passenger pulling a string to turn the head. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> like, what? You have to pull it the other way to make the head okay, turn. Okay, Omar, your worst road rage story. Okay, my worst road rage story. I'm trying to think. Um, Don't think. There's plenty. <laughs> oh, yeah, there are, there are plenty. I think... Um, one of them was someone stole a parking spot of mine and it wasn't even just like a mistake. They didn't see me like in that I was waiting for a car to leave and that car left in my direction. So I gave that driver room and then around turned someone else saw that I was giving this driver <laughs> room and snuck into my spot. And I was really, really, I was, this was, this was, I couldn't find Costco parking in Heartland. Yeah. So I was parking by the Banana Republic and then just going to walk over. So I was already parking so far yeah, away. That's a I'm long like, walk. I'm like, man, why are you going to steal? I got so mad. So I just started honking. Yeah. And I wouldn't stop honking. And the, the person's like looking at me. I can see them looking at me as they're like half turned in and they're not stopping. So then they turn in. And then they start opening their door, and then I just put my car into park, and I get start getting out of my car too, and I start, Yo, I, start you're a I start getting out of my car, and then they quickly get back in their car and <laughs> reverse and pull out. I they didn't want anything. I guess nah, they want no smoke. I, I was just gonna have a civil conversation. I mean, I don't know what the that reminds me was. when I was a kid. Uh, my dad, like our entire family, we went out. I think just to go shopping, and uh, there's a stop sign. So there's a car in front. Yeah. And he had his indicator to the right because there's a free, there's like a parking spot right behind my dad. So you would have to kind of reverse park yeah. into it. Yeah. So we didn't know this at the time, but that car wanted to park into there. So he was honking. Yeah. So keep in mind, we didn't want this parking spot. Yeah. We, we don't want it. We were actually going to go a little bit further because maybe it was around square one or something. We just wanted to get out or maybe it was Harland. Yeah. It doesn't even matter, but we just wanted to get out. So this car starts honking and my dad gets so pissed. He's like, why is this man honking at me? What am I doing? <laughs> so then he gets out and that guy was really, really rude. He was just yeah. like, yo, that parking spot's mine. What are you doing? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah? Yeah, the parking spot's yours? He had the maniac eyes going. <laughs> Keep going. He has small eyes already. He has these maniac, oh, big open eyes. <laughs> he opens them, goes back into our car, takes that, takes that parking spot, and then we just leave. <laughs> we're just like alright yo that's it that's how it's gonna go <laughs> if you're gonna be rude and abrasive like that we're just gonna take your parking spot and take the additional 15 minutes that it would take to get to the place that we wanted to go <laughs> that's just the well, type of person my dad that is. day oh man we did oh man but uh yeah <laughs> it's it's good stuff all this road rage second question I wanted to ask you ask ask away um so we talked about um cars the yeah. second question I wanted to ask was do you think we are going to forever stay on planet Earth? Or do you mm, think we're going to be question. inhabited in other planets? That's a good question. You know, I think I think we're going to colonize other places. I think it's eventual. Like, resources will start running out What do you think in terms of time frame? Oh, it's going to be a it's going to be a long thing. It's probably over like, I don't know, 200 years or something like that. We'll start having like you know like legitimate colonies in other places and it's sometimes it's crazy to think about it's like oh 200 years from now that's not even possible the technology that you need to get that done if you think 200 years ago in the 1800s right hmm. in yep. like the early 1800s yep. 
could you imagine someone from that generation just being here right now in this basement and they would not be able to understand what's happening they'd see this tv and be like what the hell is this so basically they, our, our older brothers <laughs> our, uh, the, the old heads yeah the old heads the old heads they'd be like what is what is this technology what is this podcast i don't know anything but i'm here to talk shit i'll never forget yeah, that yeah oh uh, but they don't know about that yet. oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. surprise coming you know surprise coming. Surprise. don't want to give anything away but the, <laughs> the our our yeah so those people from the 1800s how would they understand what a podcast is like we'd have to explain we talk and it gets recorded and they'd be like what's recording like like how do you how do you record your voice and then we have to be like yes you record your voice and then it goes through this mixer into this laptop it's like what's a laptop yeah and then we have to explain what a computer and a laptop is we'd have to explain what the internet is we'd have to explain what these podcast platforms are we'd have to explain what a phone is my parents still get amazed by the fact that they're able to use fiber and do like a video chat with someone from Bangladesh. Oh my God. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. things like that where it, it actually is super crazy when you think about it. You're yeah. talking to someone all the way across the world and it's instant communication as if the person is right in front of you. Yeah. That's amazing. So, Imagine explaining that though. Yeah. So explaining things like that to, to someone from the 1800s, man, and the rate, the thing is about techno, uh, the, the rate at which technology advances, it's not linear, it's exponential, right? So the jumps that we've made over the last 50 years, like we'll probably make an equivalent jump in the next 10 years or something like that, right? Because it's just the curve keeps going up and up and up exponentially. So 200 years from now, the world would look so different. I could completely foresee us having the technology to start con- uh, sorry, colonizing other planets and, and, and things like that. So it's it's I'm excited for, for that. Not that I'm going to be there for it, but it's like it's something exciting to think about right now that that's where our human race can go. It reminds me of Elysium. You've watched that movie with uh, I, Matt Damon? Matt Damon. I think I did watch it a while ago, but yeah. Yeah. Similar, similar thing. It's like the, uh, was that the one with the workers and the, and yep. like, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, and so like the least, like the other planet is where all like the rich and wealthy go. And then yeah. planet earth is like the shithole. Yeah. So I can see that happening because the earth is kind of messed up, dude, especially right now. Like it's none of the best condition. So I can definitely foresee something happening where it's like, you need to be super, super rich you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, like that's how you would get to this other planet. You need to spend an ungodly amount of money for you yeah. to get there. And like that could definitely be a thing. And imagine the 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 class, like the the level of classism that would happen with something like that. It's super it's, interesting. To it's think. human nature. I mean, I, I I talked a lot about the good things and how exciting uh, colonization of other planets and things like that's going to be. But I mean, it's going to come with the same problems that humans have always had throughout their history of you know, d- dividing each other into classes and, and, and it's using social constructs to split each other up and, and to take advantage of disadvantaged communities and things like that. Like, the technology can change, but humans will always be humans. And that's kind of the sad part to think about it sometimes, yeah. right? Where it's like, think about how things were when we were colonizing. Well, not we, but <laughs> when we were being colonized yeah, and, yeah. and things like that. And, and um, it, the, a lot of the exploitation of resources and, and, and the disrespect to land and things like that that happened. I mean, that's going to happen on a, on a planetary basis now, right? Like if we can find 
minerals and resources that are valuable here we're going to mine them there and and make take advantage of it and things like that right so it's it's it, like it's it seems really far-fetched now like we think about it and we're like it takes us months to get to this planet how can we possibly colonize it right but i mean the at the rate at which technology technology is advancing anything is possible in 200 years right yeah. like it will see so much change that it's gonna it's crazy like we, we we would not we would be the people that would not be able to understand what we're seeing if someone brought us forward 200 years from now we'd be like what is any of this stuff i i cannot understand what the internet is mm. uh, shout out to our older brothers shout out to our older brothers <laughs> they, they, yeah. but i mean we're like that in some ways too there's some technologies right now that we don't understand right there's some there's some yeah. social media platforms that are just above our heads. Talk, TikTok. Talk to me about TikTok, man. TikTok. I mean, I don't even know where to begin with it. I saw this tweet, and that's when I really when I really really thought about it. It's like I feel like TikTok is like literally just being forced down our throats. When when Vine initially came out, I think it was really really popular around 2016, yeah. maybe 2015. I don't exactly know when, but around then it just seemed like these, this whole idea of seven second videos. It's so original. It's so cool. You know what I mean? It's so funny and all that. But these TikTok challenges, I I don't get it. And I when I when I brought this uh, up to you, uh, when I brought this up with you before the podcast, I'm like, yeah, like what is TikTok? You know, like what's this all about? But then I guess you kind of stopped me, and you were just like, dude, we're just getting older. Yeah. That, man, that's I'm, all that's all it is you know how why it feels like it's being like shoved down our throat and a lot of it's being forced it's because the people that are quote-unquote forcing it are the people that are trying to develop a broader um fan base for or whatever the nba and its partnership with tiktok and, yep. and, and all these things the reason that you're trying to appeal to a younger generation and since we don't understand it and we're we're you know i, I don't i don't understand this but i'm here to talk shit kind of thing i like, don't like what i don't understand yeah i fear what i don't I understand fear what i don't understand and, and because we're we're like that it, we just we we miss the boat on this maybe right yeah. like i think we're just too old to understand tiktok and and you know what? A lot of older people probably feel that way about things like Instagram or Twitter, where they're just like, kind of like, oh, this is funny, but I, but I'll never use it. Twitter, I can definitely see. Instagram, yeah. you know, you have like, oh, like I share f photos of vacation yeah. trips, but Twitter, literally, like before you type a tweet out, it asks, what's on your mind? So it's like, okay, so you want to talk about stuff like, oh, going to go to the gym at the session ball i don't know yeah you know what i mean it's like you who cares like that's what every old head will say like who gives a shit like yeah. you have 32 followers nobody cares i have less than 32 but, <laughs> but you know it's like but it's so much more than that and twitter memes if you miss out on twitter memes this is a ps yeah. what is it a public service announcement for everybody yeah make a twitter account and just follow if you're into the nba just go through any nba meme you will have the time of your life yeah. world war three was the saddest time for the world but the funniest time on twitter well world war three didn't actually happen are it, you sure it didn't happen i swear it happened <laughs> it was on. like a one two day thing when you when you get your news through memes you think the wars already <laughs> happened but um man i saw the funniest thing on the topic of twitter memes um <clears throat> Someone said if an asteroid was about to hit Earth and wipe us all out, the final meme someone would make would be the Jordan, the Jordan crying crap. face on the on planet Earth. It's like, and it's so true. It's like we're just gonna go out the way we've lived, you know, with with these memes. It's 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 crazy to think about, you know, how much meme culture yeah. is so. You know what? You know what's the craziest thing? Sarah didn't know that the crying 
Jordan meme was Michael Jordan. She's like, oh, it's just that crying guy. He's like, that what? crying guy. Yeah, it's just that. It's that, that oh, crying guy. And I'm like, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. that's Michael Jordan. She's like, huh? Huh? That's Michael Jordan? Who? Sarah's my younger sister, for those of you who don't know. And it's like, it's crazy to think about, like, that there is a generation that just knows people through memes. You hear uh, Michael Jordan's speech at uh, Kobe's memorial? Yeah. Where he was just like, it, it was like, it was a bit of a risky joke, but it paid yeah. dividends. It was a really good one. He was basically crying again, and he's like, now Kobe got me. Now I got to uh, look through social media and see a new crying Jordan meme for the next three to four years. Yeah. And all I'm thinking is, you know, three to four years is a short time, man. Yeah. Expect five to ten with that one. You know what I'm yes. saying? Like, crying Jordan's going to outlast a lot. It's going to outlast all of us, man. That's going to... Archaeologists are going to be looking through our remains and just see crying Jordan memes and be like, "What? What was this? What was this ancient civilization crying doing?" Jordan memes. We're so st- we're so entertained by stupid things. Yeah, it's incredible. We actually get stupider as the generations. <laughs> it doesn't take a lot to like, please think us. About we're it. very simple. Like people. I just go back to the whole phone book thing. Your dad used the phone book. Because his head needed to rest. And then there's your dumbass <laughs> stealing phone books. To th- okay, no one was taking the phone books at the residence. It wasn't stealing. I just aggregated them all into one place. Oh, my God. But yeah. you know what? To bring it all back together, man, just on the topic of the future, I think it also goes with the NBA. Yeah. I think the NBA has a lot of future superstars and stars to talk about. And uh, where they get inspired from is a whole other conversation. So let's yeah. talk about that. For sure. Let's dive into that. So future of the NBA. Well, let's talk about Ben Simmons. Not playing. <laughs> <laughs> not playing in the sense that not, he is the future of the NBA, but I'm just, I'm too depressed to, to get into I mean, I, all that right I now. I kind of, you know, recently you've had such a, just a bad few days with the whole Wilder thing, with Ben Simmons, more recently now Embiid. Yeah. My brother messaging saying Steven with S-T-E-V-E-N, okay. A. Smith. That, that, that's another thing. Like, you know what? There's been too much disrespect going on. It's blasphemous. It's blasphemous. It's blasphemous. Steven A. Smith is not spelled with a V in Steven, all right, Benjamin? It's S-T-E-P-H-E-N, okay? <laughs> Show some respect to the greatest to ever do it, all right? So I really just feel like it's really just... Just beating you while you're still kicking you while you're down. Yeah, that's that's pretty much. And what's like, going I on. really want to, I really do, but I don't have it in me to bring up Philly anymore. So I'm not gonna say anything. I want you to tell me about Philly and what you think about. I don't think Embiid's injury is all that serious. Maybe maybe you can give a little bit of an update on that. But more than that, Philly with just Embiid, what does that mean playoff wise? Um. Well, their Embiid is one of the best players in the league when he's healthy, but the team around him is garbage. The front office is garbage. The ownership is garbage. And he's hurt and I don't know if he's if it's going to be a quick thing. I it looked painful and you know, it's going to take him some time to come back. He's not going to be in the best shape. Because obviously you're injured, you don't get into game shape like that. And it's just going to be another year of Embiid not being healthy. And this year, like, I don't know, there's a, there's a good chance Simmons just doesn't return. It's done. Like, no Simmons, no Embiid. Like, maybe they're both just get shut down and it's not, it's not feasible. Would you trust to Philly to do something like that? To actually <laughs> shut them down? 
because well, they have Al Horford right now. Yeah. To my, you know, like they have all these like older players. I'm sure they want to go all in. They, I don't know if Philly they, would even do that, man. Honestly, I don't think Philly would. But you, what you have now is at least for Ben Simmons, his agent Clutch has now gotten involved in this, and Ben Simmons is seeing his own specialist. And Clutch will never risk the safety of their own player because that's that's their long term asset, right? Philly is short-sighted and stupid and, and makes terrible decisions, but Clutch will never let that happen to a player. They'll never let a player come back uh, when they're not ready. So at least on Ben Simmons' side, he's safe. And then for, for Embiid CAA, I think they'll they'll do the the same thing. And and those the agencies will work together and these players will not be rushed back. So the which which I'm happy about and 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 I want it that way, you know, right off the season, whatever, but it just it sucks. Like all of this was preventable it didn't have to be like this Ben Simmons should not be playing as many minutes as as he's playing the team should be built to be sustainable around him you should have players that complement these guys so they can blow out garbage teams and they don't need to play him 38 40 minutes a night or something like that it's just so disheartening that like anyone with any degree of competence if they were in the, in that ownership group and in that front office they could have changed. like their general manager was caught making fun of their star player and saying he should tough it out and play through injury that was their general manager using burner twitter accounts five different burner twitter accounts <laughs> saying that markel Fultz should play through injury and joel and beach play through injury and he should toughen up he was fired but his entire staff that he hired is still working in that front office. And part of the requirement for the new GM, Elton Brand, was you can't replace any of the staff that's already there. That's why no one took the job. And that's why he's, and I've said this before, that's why he's the only one that took the job. So those people that were hired by a guy who runs burner Twitter accounts to talk shit about his best player and saying he should toughen up, they're the people making decisions now. How do you think, what do you think their thoughts are on injury and load management and, and injury management? It's, it's, uh, I listened to a, a Philly podcast, um, and, uh, the rights for Ricky Sanchez and when it's hosted by Spike Eskin and Mike Levin and Mike Levin says something on that podcast. Cause he's so done with this. He's like, everyone should be fired. Everyone deserves blame. Fire everybody. Fire the owners, fire the front office, fire the coaching staff, fire all the players other than Ben Simmons and Embiid. Fire the water boys, the ball boys, the the court cleaners, the 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 cheerleaders, everyone. I don't want he's like we should fire ourselves for running a Philly podcast. Nope, everyone oh my deserves God, he's over it. Yeah, he's like he's like everyone deserves blame. Like the the people handing out popcorn in the arena, get them out too. Everyone deserves blame for this. It's almost sad just like watching this watching this entire thing unravel. It's it's it really is to the point where it's just like I I I I guess I do have a heart. But then I remember it's you. So you, you, what you do, and this is what Ben's favorite thing to do is, and I can't believe you let me get off track on what we're supposed to talk about on this podcast, but he'll see an article about something bad about Philly. And, and he'll say, he'll, you know what? Rather than just retweeting and liking so it shows up on my timeline, I mean, he'll do all that, but he'll send it to me. He'll He'll text me the article to ensure that I see it. But but he doesn't stop there. He also Snapchat links the article. He also WhatsApps me the article. He also sends it in every single WhatsApp group that we're in together. So we'll be in three different group chats and he'll drop the article in all three of them. 
Instagram DM, he'll send the article. Just he will never stop sending it just to ensure that I see it. every platform I open. I see that same article and it's like a tweet by Woj or something. And it's like, oh, Ben Simmons has nerve and pain. And Ben just really wants me to know that that he, that, that I that I should see this. And then the like I don't off, already have notifications on for Woj. Like the cherry on top is, hey, Omar, man, I'm uh, I'm here for you. If you like to talk, I'm I'm here for you. You know, I'm here to support you. I'm here to help you out, especially in your time of need. I'm always here for you, man. And ignore the smile on my face. This is terrible. This is so bad what's happening to Philly right now. You know, you kind of wish you had clutch to tell you not to give $4 trillion to Tobias Harris. You know what's not fair? When Damian Lillard ended the Oklahoma City Thunder and Russ, after all talking crap all series, lost to a broken, broken Portland Trailblazers team and was completely owned and just Russ, uh, sorry, uh, Damian's his dad now. After all that happened, the worst part about it was you were completely MIA. You weren't <laughs> responding to any messages in the chat. You just went completely MIA. So you didn't have to deal with this. You were a coward. That's what you are. You're a damn coward. You know, I own up to all of this. I still respond to every one of those messages, every one of those group chats. I never leave it. But you, something bad happens to your favorite player. You're embarrassed. You just, you're a coward. You know what? You can't handle the heat. Omar, it's one thing when it's, you know, a regular season miscommunication thing or an injury thing but i don't think you understand the situation at hand or what led up to that final buzzer beater where dame lillard hit it over pg-13 russ would not stop talking to dame he wasn't even that talking trash whatever that's one thing myself and a bunch of other thunder fans were doing playoff matchups and we hoped and prayed we prayed for a very long time. I'm not much of a praying man myself, but I did it. Just so we could get the Portland Trailblazers. Why? Because they're injured. <laughs> Guess what? The seating works out. It's fourth and fifth. And we're against the Portland Trailblazers. We're celebrating. This is it. It's going to be finished in five games. We're finally going to get past the sec- uh, the first round. Russ and PG, they got this January PG was something else. I know injuries might rock him a little bit, but we'll be good. And we lose to a buzzer beater. Logo Lillard comes up. We'll never forget it. That's just he a waved. part of our he, history. He, he waved to Russ. He After all of that talking, after all of that yapping, Russ just would not quit talking to Dave. And he waved him goodbye. And that was the final moments Russ was on an OKC court in that jersey. And it killed that era. Or sorry, it was, it was the Portland court. My bad. But yeah. And it killed that era, but started something so beautiful, Omar. And with CP3, the point god of the century, I can't even say anything else. This team that we have right now, ooh, you know, okay, I love this team, man. I love this team. And I'll be honest with you, before when Russ left, I'm like, Thunder, right? Yeah, Thunder. Because I couldn't do the Rockets. I couldn't. I felt dirty just saying I hope the best. I hope for the best for Russ just because he's in a Rockets jersey. I hate that team so much. I never want success, even if that means Russ goes chipless his entire career. I don't care. I hate the Rockets so much. Why? Their fan base is so toxic. I hate their fan base with a passion. 
every single time Russ was on court, it was against them. He'd be like, oh, Russ, his true, his true shot percentage was only like 35%. Well, I mean, Shut up. They won the game. Who cares? I mean, they weren't wrong. He was shooting pretty bad. But now, they're the first ones to defend him. Well, I mean, he's shooting pretty good. It's, it's almost like he's not bad anymore. But even before he was attempting 1-3 a game, when he would have those offness, oh yeah, now they're using our line. When we say, if you can't appreciate worse Brook, you don't deserve best Brook. You're going to use my own shit against me? The audacity of these Houston Rockets fans. Mm, I swear to God, I need to go to the gym after. I need to punch something. What do you do at the gym? I what the hate hell? hate the Rockets. Who are you going to punch at the gym? Some poor soul is bench pressing right now and doesn't <laughs> know they're about to get clapped. I hate, yeah, definitely. I'm, there's going to be claps, you know, at the gym tonight, throughout this weekend. I'm just going to be clapping. I swear to God, I'm going to be clapping everyone that I see. I'm that pissed. Jeez. There's something wrong with you, man. Yeah, she's all checked out. So, that ain't right. <laughs> poor people so yeah i don't know sorry i went off on a little bit of a tangent there but i just hate the rockets fan base so much and uh yeah it ended that era and honestly the way that i see it right now fifth seed okc i'm so glad with where this team is at i just i just love this team i don't know what else to say they're so much fun to watch and a stacked western conference like that i love it yeah man. i love it you got you got the spurs the jazz you know such stacked conference, you like, you never know, man. Like, I, I you got Denver, like, real stacked. You're gonna disrespect man. Denver, real stacked. You know what? Let's go back to Philly. No, we're done with Philly. We're, no, let's no, go no, back no. to original. Original, oh, exactly. God. No, the original question, which is inspiration, and which players got inspired by which players. So while we're talking about the future, yeah, who do you think? Embiid and Ben Simmons were the most in, uh, influenced by. Well, Embiid has said it was uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem. Yeah, Hakeem Olajuwon uh, inspired him the most. Ben Simmons, I think LeBron played a massive uh, influence on on him. And other than that, I think two frozen ones. It makes perfect sense with Ben Simmons on LeBron. Wait, come on, LeBron just dropped forty the other night. Yeah, and he was eating Twizzlers. Can we talk about that a little bit later? Oh, I hate LeBron. <laughs> oh, gets on my nerves. All right, Skip. I mean, Ben. <laughs> All right. So, so Ben Simmons and LeBron. I was actually thinking Ben Simmons and Magic to that, a certain that, degree that, as That's well. also part of it. You know, Magic got fined for <laughs> giving advice to Ben Simmons. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that was a big tempering case. That was a big tempering. Oh, they pissed so him off. That's part of the reason why Magic quit. Um, because he can't talk to players that he likes <laughs> because it's tampering. <laughs> he was done with it. But yeah, that was it's, the, the impact's definitely there. I mean, just... Name any basketball genius, and they've inspired Ben Simmons because he's a savant at that game. I heard um, uh, Shaquille O'Neal also inspired Ben Simmons. Oh, the free throw oh, shooting. to be dominant. To be, to be dominant. On no, the no, no, no. Yeah. It was just the free okay, throw yeah, shooting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, shut yeah. the hell up, all right? <laughs> how about that, huh? How about you just shut the hell up? I heard... Up, uh, huh? Yeah, yeah but I'm, I'm done with it. I, I heard Spud Webb also inspired Ben Simmons. Yeah, he might be done for the season, so you shut the hell up, okay? God damn. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of this. I don't need so this So other right players. Now. You know, let's move on. Ja and Russ, is that too... I mean, I, Russ is still playing, so does that even count? What? Well, let's... Okay, let's see if Ja never gets out of the first round. Then I'd say, yeah, Russ <laughs> oh, did... Oh, but you're so annoying. Russ did inspire him, I'd say, then. Russ has literally been to the finals. Oh, 
Oh yeah, but but Russ who, has literally been to the finals. Who who was there? Uh, Kevin Kevin Durant. Oh oh Kevin Durant. Yeah, the Kevin thing. Durant that, that shot twelve percent against Golden State. You know, he, Kevin he had athletes around him. He didn't have shooters. Like that's what he needs. He needs ball handlers and shooters. He said it on all the smoke or whatever that podcast is. Watch out for Houston. They might just go to the Western Conference Finals. That's all I'm trying to say. Russ gonna get traded for wait because <laughs> I know he ain't leaving the first round. I mean, I don't want Houston to win, so whatever. But anyways, on that, like Ja, ja are there Russ. other athletic players that may have influenced? You've watched ball a lot longer than all I. All I'm have, saying so. is, all these young guys, LeBron, like yeah. he was the greatest player when they were when they were growing up, and he still is the greatest player now that they're here, which is crazy to think about. And anyone who says otherwise, they're they're lying. Like LeBron, definitely. I think Kobe did as well for 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 a lot of these people. I was um, gonna say, I think the '96 class, or like you know, '96 yeah. class, the people born in '96. Yeah. So you know, like the uh, I guess the Trey Youngs, like the 23, the 20 year olds, whatever. They have a Kobe played a huge part in their lives as well. Yeah. Uh, I think there's it's definitely a toss up between LeBron and Kobe. Yeah. Uh, because we are the generation that yells Kobe every single time we get a paper ball and throw it in the in the bin, right? Yeah. That just shows a level of respect and a level of influence that he's had so i definitely see a lot of kobe influence in a lot of players and, as well and with trey particularly i think it'd be like kobe and steph like they they definitely yeah. had uh, a lot of a lot of influence on on those players the one i want to talk to you about is zion oh interesting who do you think's influenced him because he said this in an interview recently he said it was michael jordan no no he doesn't play like jordan at all he said there isn't a single part of him that's Jordan like. He said he he watched Jordan growing up. No, he didn't. Like that's here's such a lie. That's so so he, he watched as much Jordan as I did. <laughs> Which is not. <laughs> so Zion is signed to Jordan. To ah, Jordan Brand. There you go. And and now he's going on the like anytime people ask him about like, you know, influencing you stuff, he always says, like, yeah, you know, my mom made me watch tapes of Jordan growing up and stuff like that. I'm like, boy, Cap. shut the hell up cap 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 come cap. on you watch lebron growing up but you can't say that because you're signed to jordan now so of course you're gonna like you know show your respect and talk about that but but come on you are younger than me and you're talking about watching jordan growing up get out of here zion is definitely influenced by lebron james the most yeah i think zion also wants to be like he wants the torch from yeah. lebron um that game that 40 point game um, that LeBron had. Zion also had 29, which is really good. Yeah. Um, Josh Hart also posted a stat of nuts to his face, which was interesting in that poster. That was crazy. <laughs> Wait, Hart posted that on his IG? No, oh. LeBron did. And oh, that's LeBron so disrespectful. Yeah. That was so funny. But Zion is definitely influenced by LeBron. I don't think there's yeah. any Kobe in there. The way that he plays his athleticism and the way that he, you know, He's developing a shot similar to LeBron where he didn't immediately have it. I can definitely see Zion having that mentality to improve upon it. Yeah. And he seems like a very soft-spoken kind of like LeBron type of personality. Okay, but here's one thing that I want to I want to get to. I think from a from a skill perspective if he stays healthy, you know, he definitely has that ability to become the face of the league from from and just dominate and things like that. But he is not that marketable. In he he has the potential, but I mean, you go to this guy's Instagram, he's so boring. He's not capitalizing on this hype. He is the most, he was the most hype player coming out of college. Like LeBron had the chosen one tattooed on him and he led LeBron from day one started living up to that hype. And, you know, he's been so media savvy LeBron. He's been so smart in, in ways of developing his brand. 
everyone has an opinion on LeBron and why? Because he's so uh he he creates division and not that he creates division, sorry, but you either love him or you hate him, right? But with Zion, he's so boring. This man's like posting like selfies with like the other Pelicans rookies and stuff. It's like, boy, no one cares about these other Pelicans rookies. Like he's his his only posts are less like a shoe or something. You just take a picture of that, no caption. Like there's no ability to handle the media but that also makes me wonder who is there isn't a single rookie in my opinion that's like really cool with interviewers or has like that you know like westbrook his thing is the way that he responds to questions and in interviews yeah. that's his like thing harden has his beard in terms of marketability what does trey young have a receding hairline like what are <laughs> what are these new players what are their what's their thing well, I think I we're mean, being like, a little too hard on Zion. I mean, like Luca, for example, like Luca's so media savvy, the way he can handle questions, the way he uh, engages and creates like like an audience and things like that. And uh, to, to trade to an extent as well, like you were starting to learn more and more about the personalities. But like Zion has the personality of a rubber tire, like like no, like you can't get anything out of him. And sim, a lot of this is really similar to Anthony Davis, like Anthony Davis's biggest sponsorship right now is synthetic motor oil like oh that's that's so bad which is so sad to think about like one of the best players in the league and he's so boring and he's like a he's like a dork and he, he yeah. advertises synthetic motor oil i'm i'm glad that you you're bringing this up now because it leads to my uh to the next topic which is media narratives okay. i find with ad and zion their marketability is definitely related like like a hundred percent related with the teams that they were in or the teams that they're in right now and while new orleans seems to be that shithole that like <laughs> a bunch of you know these these players are coming from that they're not that they're not able to market um ad like the reason why his sponsor was that was because of where he was at the small market team and la i'm sure his sponsorships are gonna explode they're gonna skyrocket yeah it's ruffles now ruffles <laughs> is it actually ships, yeah well, that's definitely better than motor oil. I mean, he's still got the motor oil going strong. So, you know, I guess what I wanted to ask you about was just that. NBA, uh, like media narratives and how much of an influence it has on players, them getting their sponsorships and what it means to fans as well. Like, what are your thoughts on journalists or, you know, like entertainers like Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless constantly talking about L.A., constantly talking about, I don't know, uh, well, in terms of New York, it's just how bad they are. But they're still yeah. talking about them. They'd rather shit on New York with that garbage team rather than talk to talk about up-and-coming superstars like John Moran on uh, Memphis. They won't talk about him. I, I guess it's like tried and true. Right? And Ja is a competitive freak. Yeah. That man has a lot of Westbrook in him. And I think the way that he would answer questions, he has a marketability. He has a competitive edge that I haven't seen in a lot of like players within this rookie cl- or within the... Uh, um, like newer players, like rookie sophomores, whatever. And then I saw him dancing on TikTok, so I, I <laughs> I'm like, never mind. He don't got. He doesn't have Westbrook in him. <laughs> He's uh, but okay. So so interesting. The the whole idea of the impact that NBA media has on fans and players. I think from a player perspective, you obviously you want that attention, right? Like here you are in the prime of your career. You you're you want to start laying the groundwork for 
future earnings within the NBA, but also future earnings outside, right? Like you'll see a lot of older players, once they start reaching the end of their career, they start becoming more and more incorporated into NBA media. So it's a smooth transition when they retire. Like Vince Carter's probably going to go into NBA media. Yep, yep. These guys went into NBA media and things like that after they retired. So that's that's part of it. But as to your point about how it shapes our narratives and what we think about I, I brought this up on the last podcast, I think it was, where there is a duty to, you know, fair representation over um, multiple teams and multiple areas and stuff like that. But sometimes some stuff is just boring. Like, you can't really make it fun. Like, the the Grizzlies are doing great. That's a good story. But again, John Morant just doesn't have the body of work that L.A. has. It doesn't have that story sometimes, right? And it's just a lot easier to talk about how bad the Knicks are than it is to try to, you know, shine a spotlight on on rookies. I don't yeah. know. What, what do you What do you think? Sometimes it's just I feel it's like just easier to to and more people want to know about. I feel like with some of the comments that Jamaran has made uh, when he's playing against, I think it was against like a vet or like a very respected PG. I forgot who it was, but Ja was saying shit like, "Yo, he can't guard me." Mm-hmm. stuff like that the media can explode oh who is this rookie to say stuff like this what does this mean for the i think you can make a narrative out of anything and the narratives are controlled by who not the players but the media i think the media has the power to 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 create these uh narratives yeah but they're just not doing it because i maybe when they see memphis on on a youtube page nobody's gonna click on it of course it's to do with that but i'm yeah. just saying i feel like they have the power to do it they just don't every player is is has something that yeah. you can you can i do. guess we got to remember i mean they're for-profit entities they're gonna do what gets them the most the clicks, profit right of course i mean like there is there's a lot of baiting too like there's they will purposely post uh, a video of LeBron eating red vines on on the bench because they know the comments are all going to be like, really, you're posting this? You're posting this instead of Levine dropping 40? You're posting this instead of blank? You're posting this instead of blank? And that's how they get their engagement. Yeah. Like, And I mentioned this last time too. I mean, they're going to purposely post something that's not a travel and say travel, question mark, because they, they want people to start talking about it. Yeah. And like the engagement to increase and things like that. So we're just not capable. Again, it goes back to our original, original point about like meme culture. Yeah. We're just so brain dead as a generation where we find the little things more fun to talk about more than discussion, like actual discussion. Yeah. And I mean, for people, they can go to other places for those discussion, right? They can come here. They can listen to podcasts. They can read articles and, and things like that to, to get some of that, discussion you know what's funny is right as you said that yeah i just remembered how many times we talked about la ourselves well i mean (laughs) name one time like i can't even remember clippers clippers lakers clippers lakers look this is a utah jazz sacramento kings and charlotte hornets podcast that's it those are the three teams that we cover okay so let's talk let's talk about the jazz like you know, the Jazz have lost four straight. Donovan know? Mitchell. Yes. Can he coexist <laughs> I saw your tweet with Rudy that. Gobert? Look, Ben, <laughs> I I don't want to do this. I don't want to be that guy. I hate you. But just think about the spacing. Will someone please think about the spacing? Rudy Gobert, this coward, is refusing to shoot threes. And the spacing, the, the goddamn spacing, Ben, 
I, I, I'm so worried about this space. Yeah, Rudy Gobert, the point guard. Wait, yeah. what, what position they is just, he again? They just, it's, it's crazy. Like, people say this is positionless basketball, and it's just about having good players on the court. But you know this, Utah defines their players with positions? And the goddamn spacing, but I swear to you, one of these days I'm going to rescue the spacing. Just, just... Ben, I know you listen to Fine. you listen to cookies. At one point, Ben Dietrich said, "When people, he's like making fun of people who always talk about Philly spacing and stuff. He's like, why doesn't Philly just play with four players on the court? Think about the spacing. There'll be so much space for everyone. Four players. Why not? It's but but you know what? Can Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert coexist? I don't know." I expected a lot more from the Jazz, to be fair. Yeah. I definitely expected a lot more from the Jazz. Uh, is Conley on that team? He's now on the bench. Yeah, he's trash. We <laughs> expected so much from him. Yeah. I expected so you much know, from him. He's coming back from injuries. Like it's, yeah, it's, he's not a tough. <laughs> he is absolute doo-doo. And uh, I think that's why I had them a little bit higher uh, in the Western Conference. I think instead of fifth for OKC, I thought it'd be... Uh, the Jazz. Three years ago, I had this take that really pissed you off. I said Mike Conley is better than Russell Westbrook. <laughs> this was back when Conley was healthy and like you know grit and grind. He was never good. No, he was good. He was a serviceable point guard at he was best. Good. He was good. A good starting. You know, like Chalmers. No, from the twelve thirteen Miami before, Heat team. Before the the I think his Achilles injury or or, or that I don't hopefully know if recovers. He, I don't know if recover. he ever ruptured it. I can't remember, but he's had like heel problems and like foot problems for a while now. Uh, he was good. Like obviously, he wasn't Westbrook good and stuff like that. But I just loved pissing you off. So I'd always say that you know Conley's just a winner. Oh, I'd rather I'd rather have him on my team than Westbrook. Those takes. And, oh, I remember that now. Yeah, that yeah. specific. I'd rather have him on my yeah. team. And you know, that. you replace Westbrook with a winning point guard like Chris Paul, one guy who CP3. makes the right decisions. I used to call him CP Zero. I can't say that disrespect anymore. The way he's he's mentoring Shea. Yeah. It's it's incredible, and he says it in interviews. He is such a good leader. I'll be a CP3 fan forever until he leaves. Actually, I <laughs> take that back. Just um, like that, huh? Just like that. That's your loyalty to a team, Omar. You got uh, something you just don't know about. Well, you know, CP3 recently said that, you know, maybe the Banana Boat will team up again one day uh, on another team. Yeah, so a retirement home. It, it'll, you guys are wait, old as shit. They're come on, like 40, 40 years old. What are they going to do? All right, you know, back to NBA media. You know, there's there's... There's two people that we've, you know, mentioned on this podcast before that we haven't given the respect that they deserve. And one of which is the person that Benjamin freaking misspelled his name. Stephen A. Smith. P.H. P.H. Acid. With a, with a, with a P.H. Yeah. And Skip Bayless. And these are the two juggernauts the of goats. NBA media. And they're carrying their respective networks on their backs. And as m- I'm a Stephen A. guy personally, I'm a I Skip think, guy, and and I hate Skip for 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 his LeBron takes. But the fact that I he makes me hate him proves that he's doing a good job. You just you know what's crazy about uh, media is you just want to listen more to see. Okay, when LeBron has an amazing game, you kind of want to think, what's Skip gonna say? My biggest how fear is he gonna how is he gonna bring this one down? My biggest fear is when LeBron misses a free throw. I just cringe. I'm like, I'm not not because he missed the free throw, but because I'm afraid of having to deal with Skip's take the next morning. It's incredible. Like he will pick at the most ridiculous things, but that's what keeps us engaged. If you hate him, you have a feeling towards him, and yeah. that's 
He is literally one of the goats. Skip bait like Shannon Sharp is funny in his own yeah. right, but if you put Shannon Sharp and Max Kellerman together, you would not have a very uh, entertaining show. Yeah, no, they just don't have that dynamic. Skip, I think, is the best takesman that 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 exists. Hottest takes. Yeah, the 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 best takesman that exists, and I think Stephen A. Smith is the best entertainer. Entertainer, the he best just, entertainer. Yeah. He's he's gold. He's literally gold. Do you follow Stephen A. Smith's burner Twitter account? It's I think some things. I think memes, you uh, you post on you retweet on Twitter. Yeah, so funny. This man is this content gold. Stephen A. Smith, please come on this podcast. Honestly. Please come on this podcast. We need you. On behalf of my brother, I'd like to apologize for misspelling your name. You're one of the goats. We would definitely... Like, the way that he's able to just... He... 24-7... And you know the reason why he's the most inspiring? Yeah. Was because he said it himself. I think I am the most realistic story. I'm yeah. not some seven-foot juggernaut. Yeah. I'm not some 280-pound, naturally gifted, athletic player. I'm a guy who worked hard in school. I was humbled before in my yeah. in my, in my upbringing. And um, I worked hard in school. I made the right connections. And yeah. here I am. He's making 10 mil. And he deserves even more considering how hard he carries the network. This He'll man. go from one show to another show, then his own radio show. Yeah. He has no time for anything else. He is this, so busy. This man last year was so overworked at a point there's this funny video i'm sure you've seen it they're they're talking it, it's a it's a segment about james harden and then he's just like they cut to Stephen a and he's like james harden's looking like the most dominant offensive player in football oh. <laughs> and it's, it's like poor guy this poor guy just has no sleep it's just like it's so funny watching Stephen. I He's really wish that I watched basketball more during the Skip Bayless and uh, Sha- uh sorry, uh, Skip Bayless and um, uh, Stephen, Stephen A. A. Smith era during their because first that's the yeah. perfect hot and cold. You have the most calm Skip Bayless who just says these snarky things to piss you off, yeah, yeah. and you have Stephen A. there to react to every single one of Dude, them. Dude, there has to be a reunion somehow. They has have to, to they make have it work. to do it. They have to make it work. I don't know how it, whether it's going to be like a independent podcast of the two of them. Oh put my together god, a podcast like that. with those two? It'd be so funny. They're they're honestly amazing. And and back to the the point about Stephen A. Smith, like you're right, he's in. He said, there's only one Jay-Z. There's only one LeBron James. You can't become Jay-Z. You can't be a LeBron James, but you can become a Stephen A. Smith yeah. if you work hard in school. You know, you, you really grind. And like, you've you've heard that rant that he did where he, where someone put dreams and nightmares uh, over over I that, don't think right? I heard it, but describe okay, it. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna put it. Um, you, you know that rant that he did where he's talking about where he, he started off as a high school reporter before he became a college reporter, before he became a uh, independent journalist, before he became like he talks through his entire history, and someone put the intro to <laughs> dreams and nightmares <laughs> on that, and he's just like, I came from the gut. Oh man, no, that's cool. uh, I'm gonna post that. Post I'm gonna post that on IG. I'm gonna post that on IG. It's so hilarious, and like, but it's it's so inspiring. It's it's like true. Like this man really against all odds really worked and created a niche for himself and that's one thing i'll always respect a lot of people you know they don't like the he he's an entertainer he's not necessarily an analyst that gives like these cutting edge takes and stuff like that but i'll always respect someone for who's able to you know create a demand for himself people don't want just like any person saying uh entertaining stuff like nick right no one cares about him and and things like that but Stephen a smith this man created a demand for himself and now he's supplying that that's it's so inspiring like he deserves so much more money he's carrying that network yeah the way that 
the way that Stephen A does it, man, it's, I guess it really ties back to our original conversation, just talking yeah. about inspiration and all of that. I mean, of course, when we enter an industry like this, we look at, um, like journalists and entertainers like yeah. that. We look at media like that because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, a podcast is a medium of yeah media. That's what this is. We're literally just, we're doing just that. This is radio, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So of course we're going to be, you know, in terms of podcast, we're going to be inspired by people like that and seeing their consistent hard work, seeing how, you know, how they're able to just keep it going and keep grinding and keep working hard it kind of goes full circle with us. It's like, I want to deliver a product like that. I want to be able to, you know, be consistent with the quality that we put out and be happy with what we put out. That's yeah. ultimately why we're doing this in the first place. And and enjoy the process. I mean, he is having fun out there, right? Yeah. Like they're having the time of their lives and they're doing something that they love. And and that that's inspiring to us too, you know, like just showing up every week you know getting getting this episode out there putting a smile on people's faces like making each other happy in the process and things like that i think that there's a lot of value in that and i'm and i'm like you said i'm inspired by the greats and like the giant footprints that they left behind in this industry and you know it'd be great to leave our own yeah leave, leave our own and 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 you know, you've already taken the mantle of Skip Bayless and your <laughs> LeBron hate and, and and all that. So, but the know, reactions that you get, Omar, make it so worth it. Oh my god, it's so worth it. You, me and Wasi, like, I, we had a group chat. Me, you, your brother Wasi, basically all the old yeah. heads, like all of us together in IG. And um, I remember Wasi saying. Yo, me and Ali were talking, or was it someone else? I forgot. Me and Ali, maybe we were talking about Kobe versus LeBron or something like that. I was just shitting on LeBron. And Wasi messages in the group chat. He's like, Ali, man, don't waste your time. Ben is so stupid with LeBron. He just says the stupidest things. And so I just make a snarky little comment. I'm like, yeah, well, JJ Barea must have really locked LeBron up. And then Wasi and I go at it for 30 minutes. And by uh. the end of it, I message saying, hey, remember when you said we weren't going to talk about this? And look what happened. This is the art. I hate the it. Art. I hate that you're able to get a rise out of me. Like that's saying the dumbest stuff sometimes. <laughs> but you know, what are you gonna do when LeBron retires? What is what are you what's Skip gonna do when LeBron retires? You'll well, have no purpose. No, I People do saying, because you know be what? Bronny. Just I was just gonna <laughs> say that Bronny James still has his blood. And God and God damn it, Omar, as long as he has his blood, I'm gonna be hated. <laughs> oh, all right. On that note. Let's wrap this up. All right. So from everybody from the session, thank you for listening. Be sure to follow our Instagram page where we post a bunch of content from memes to audio clips and other things that we find interesting throughout the episode. Uh, It is at the session ball on Instagram. Be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Engage with us. Interact with us. We love doing that more than anything else. Just being, uh, including you uh, in this community and reaching out to you guys whenever. Uh, It just keeps things going. It keeps things fresh. Uh, Definitely look out for a mailbag episode. Yeah. Maybe maybe for next week. For next week. Yeah. Let's keep that going. We'll throw a mailbag up there. Like Ben said, 
Hit us up on IG. Hit us up on Apple Podcasts, reviews. And I think this is going to be the episode that takes us to 1,000. So in advance, congratulations on 1,000, Ben. Congratulations yeah. to you as well, my and, good sir. And we'll, we'll, we'll celebrate. We'll, we have to. We'll we, ce- we need we'll to celebrate yeah. these little things. Regardless of what it is, let's do something. And we'll we'll drop the surprise, you know, sometime sometime this week once we officially hit 1,000. Let's do it. We'll, we'll, drop, we'll drop the surprise that we've been holding out. So everyone be in store for... For, for very entertaining uh, thousand download thousand. Yeah. surprise. There we go. And from everybody here from the session, cheers. Cheers.